Cheers Cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. What's the deal with the uh, tan and wash? For a new business, I'd say tan and wash is doing as well as could be expected. Hiya. I dropped by this morning, and the only customer in the place was a lonely woman kicking the hell out of a jam change machine. Oh, come on. By the way, you owe me a quarter and a new pair of shoes. <laughs> you want to go where everybody knows your name. Hello, and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and joining me to discuss the sixth episode of Cheers Season 5 is returning guest, the host of Norm, a Cheers podcast, Marlene Stemmy. Hey, Marlene. Hey, Ryan. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. It's always yes. fun. And I am not petty. I do not see us in competition, even though you have you announced oh, no. the last season that you had your own competing <laughs> Cheers podcast. I think it's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was just inspired and I wanted to keep talking a lot more about the whole show. Um, and it's a different format and situation and all. So I think it's a good it's a good compliment to I hope to what you're doing. I know some of my more dedicated listeners will also say that I could do this a lot faster than I do. I'm sure they don't like how much time I take in between seasons, but it's quality, you know, it's good. It's all right. Anyway, uh, let us get into it. As I said, season five, episode six, Tan and Wash. This one is written by Sherry Eichen and Bill Steinkellner, directed by Jim Burroughs. And the original air date was Thursday, November 6th, 1986. Norm's fortunes are looking up after he becomes a financial advisor with a keen eye for investments that makes his clients rich. The gang at Cheers want him to share, so he reluctantly tells them about a new business venture that combines sun tanning and coin-operated laundry. Though they initially scoff at the idea, Cliff, Carla, Sam, and Diane all ask to invest in the tan and wash. Norm doesn't like the idea of controlling the financial stakes of his best friends, but they badger him enough that he lets them buy shares. Soon thereafter, an unseasonable heat wave hits Boston and the tan and wash business seems doomed to fail as no one needs a tanning booth when the weather is so beautiful. As Norm predicted, the gang get cold feet and want their investment back. Norm pleads with them to hold out, but they force him to buy out their shares. As Norm predicted again, however, the winter cold hits Boston with a vengeance. The cold and snow drive record business for Tan and Wash, and Norm reaps the reward which none of the others can share. Eventually, they apologize for resenting him, and Norm surprises them by revealing that he never bought out their shares, and they're still invested in the profitable Tan and Wash. The gang is so happy of their new fortune that they dash out into the street to play in the snow. Only then does Norm get the phone call that the heavy snowstorm collapsed the roof of the tan and wash, which was not insured for that, ruining the business. When Norm breaks the news to the gang, they respond by throwing snowballs at his face. All right, Marlene, you asked for this one. Why did you want to talk about this particular episode? I just love it. Even when you were doing the recap, I was smiling to myself, (laughs) kind of laughing as you were going along at the, the plot line. And in addition to that, I just think that they're interesting, they're interesting character bits to it for an episode that's kind of just a normal, you know, normal Cheers episode. It's not one of the, 
you know, in one of the, the big episodes or anything, but you have Norm, like you were saying, sort of in this entrepreneurial mode, which he gets into a few times in the series where he's kind of like looking for a deal, that sort of thing. Woody has this surprising financial savvy in the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wise words from his uncle. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, Carla is kind of leading the the mob. There's this like, group psychology that's building at the bar. You know, there are a lot of things in it, but what's really kind of a goofy comical episode that go mm. a little bit more to the, you know, how the, the characters' consistencies, I think. I, they're just lines that are surprisingly hilarious but they're still mm-hmm. in keep which i'm sure we'll we'll get to you know still in keeping with the characters they're just so funny um and last but certainly not least it turns into a snow episode which <laughs> <laughs> i just really like the snow episodes of cheers so yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's nice. one more on the list yeah yeah i thought so yeah um without spoiling it or revealing it like I was surprised at who my MVP for this episode ends up being. And I can actually mm, go two ways. I can uh-huh. go, I can, it's basically between two and neither of them are norm, even though it's a norm centric okay. episode. So we, we will get into the B plot, which deals with the Sam and Diane of it all. And I've, I've mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit already on f- previous episodes, but before that, the teaser for me, I think this is one of the more yes. memorable teasers, even mm-hmm. though it's one of those that's kind of seemingly about nothing. We open up with the gang talking about dreams that bother them. And the kind of the whole shtick is that these are pretty universal dreams. You know, Sam is mentioning that, you know, he was going to a fancy party and then realized he's not wearing pants. And Norm was like, oh, yeah, I've, I can sympathize. I've done that. And Cliff says, oh, it's so embarrassing. And they kind of turn on him. They're like, what's so embarrassing about why? it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, why is that embarrassing? And he has no good answer for it. And then they, uh, I think Norm brings up, you know, when you're back in college and you haven't been to class all year and it's time for the final exam. And Carla sympathizes with Ed. He's like, what are you talking about? You've never been to college. She's like, it's a dream, you idiot. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And the whole shtick, the, the setup is that, yeah, like anybody listening can, <laughs> can know these dreams. Right cut to woody in one of his better monologues and i had to write the whole thing down it's, yeah it's so, great so great he goes Hello. you go to a fancy restaurant but before you go in they make you leave your legs at the door and the girl gives you coat check number six so you go in but instead of eating food everyone is eating their silverware but you can't enjoy your fork because you're worried that whoever got coat check nine might finish first and pick up your legs by mistake <laughs> the reaction from the gang just like this horror <laughs> they're almost like pulling back from him they are when... they like there's this like physical rejection it's like it like it's this moment when like you kind of realize like oh i've been talking to a psychopath the entire time <laughs> right because right. he thinks this is normal like oh what about the one you know like that's one of the things the story in itself i love how oddball surreal it is but it's also that woody <laughs> He just keeps working. I think he's like filling, a, doing something with a jar of maraschino cherries, like <laughs> yeah, refilling yeah. a little condiment tray and just normal, you know, keeping up with what he's doing. Everyone else has stopped what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like watching him tell this story, you know. Yeah. So and I think he, that that's... And he, he looks exactly at them cool. for affirmation and Sam is like, mm-hmm. right. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, we, oh, I've been there. Yeah. And everybody has <laughs> to kind of go along with that. They're like, yeah, don't say anything that's going to make him feel upset or self-conscious. <laughs> right. Right. It's like this this new dimension of do we need to be afraid of Woody? <laughs> like right. This. Oh, it's so funny. 
And it's, it's so funny just the way he tells it, like you said, that it's just this, that's, that's a normal dream. Like maybe everybody in Hanover is having this particular recurring dream instead of the right, normal one right. that everybody else in the world has. And even when you parse the whole thing and like you kind of look at the minutia of like what bothers him about the dream, it's not leaving your legs at a coat check. It's not eating your silverware and chewing right. the fork. It's this idea that, oh gosh, there might be a mix-up with the coat check numbers. Somebody right. else might, there's this confusion of the numbers six and nine. Like that's what bothers him. That's why he's <laughs> losing sleep. <laughs> that's true. That's a great point. And it, but it, that goes along with the other dreams. Like there's something that's a little bit, you know, right, like, right, off yeah. about it, but. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So then, then once the episode starts, we kind of get into the Sam and Diane where she comes in, she asks for two weeks off or she asks for the night off two in two weeks and he is cool about letting her do that and not asking why and she has to pry and prance around and dance around until he asks why she needs the mm-hmm. night off and she's like well if you must insist and I, I mean i've i've told the audience five weeks in a row now that i i do not care for diane at this part of season five mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't want to re- repeat myself for their sake. So what is your sense of this part of, I mean, because you've seen these shows, you know, yes. the whole arc of their relationship from season one to the to the end of this season. How, how would you frame her character? And, and was this a necessary evil just because we've seen every other aspect of their relationship? Or what do you, what oh, do you think? That's a good question. Um, well, f- may I add something to your description? Sure, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I, th- I think she didn't even ask for a whole night off. I think it was like to leave early. It was something really minimal mm. that was only to really get it, Sam. You know, <laughs> it's like the, the only reason she's doing it at all was to get his, you know, him to like provoke him and have him ask what she's doing and so forth. So that that gets on my nerves <laughs> a bit purely yeah. that she's trying to draw him in in that fashion. And there's some funny lines in there that she has about what is it like, I don't know, like the sweet transparent bravado and whatnot, you know, (laughs) so it's cleverly worded, but the whole thing with her character just continuing to, you know, to, I think you said in the, in one of the episodes, something about like pursuing Sam. Mm. Um, And it's not just like that it's her pursuing him. It's just the way everything transpired with, with proposal and the history of their relationship, like you said, and all of that, it just doesn't seem I don't know. It does and doesn't seem like Diane. It does seem like her character takes a change. Everything goes through a change at this point. That's not necessarily, I don't know, not necessarily natural. Maybe mm-hmm. um, it could be, like you said, because there's, you know, that's a, just another thing to do with them. Like she realizes that she wants him to propose again and so forth, but it just seems like, it seems like nagging for one thing. It seems like it's just right. inserted into some of the episodes just to kind of keep that storyline going long enough in the season to get to a certain point without, you know, going into too much into the future. And I also think that things in the past of Diane's that have like gotten on my nerves, but I feel like she was sort of true to who she was. And at this point, she's not reading literature at the bar. She's not carrying on about the things that Diane used to get involved about. She's carrying on about Sam proposing to her. There's not a lot of intellectual meat to that. And even even like there's the, the part later on in the episode when she's humming, isn't it romantic? Mm-hmm. And she's doing it like loud enough that they have to stop. And like she's making like Woody, he's even like, what's going on? And, and if we, Sam is trying to get him like, she's like no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and she even says something to the effect of I'm just feeling a little bit girlish or girly or something right. like that. And yeah, I'm like, that's 
doesn't feel Diane. And yeah, like I, I I've said it again, and like I actually I looking at it again in this episode, I kind of came to a, a more more of a deeper think, thought about it. Like mm-hmm. superficially, I just find her annoying in these episodes. Like that's mm-hmm. just my first thought is this storyline, the way she's treating Sam, like this just right. annoys me. It it just she it like nagging, like you said, it just feels like nagging. But there's something else to it. Like in the in the second episode, the Cape Cad, when she chases him to the to the hotel and everything, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, they kind of realize she's being pathetic. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't stop with this behavior. And in an episode like this and in another episode in, in the future despite sam's pretenses that he's not jealous that she can do anything that he's not he no he's no longer in love with her mm-hmm. she has this psychological read on him that she can drive him to jealousy she can right. make him insecure she can make him as if she's annoying enough she can make him want to know what's going on with her life what what right. she did on her date and that just feels almost cruel i think it is and it's like well okay like there, there are not, already enough reasons for you to not to get married but if this is right. the way you're going to pursue the engagement this feels toxic and bad yeah i mean i don't think that she hasn't given him whatever emotional distance that he needed after she turned down his various proposals you know the beginning of the season um and she's just kind of like switched her mood, which she is prone to do, I think, but she's just kind of turned that back on and expects him to sort of do the same. And then with the, what you said about her having his number, you know, it's, it is, it's the manipulation of that response. I think it's not like she's trying to go on with her life in some other fashion and it's right. not working or whatever, but it's a genuine attempt. And it just happens to be driving him crazy because that's how life works. She's purposefully doing that. So it seemed very disingenuous to me. Yeah, I mean, for for a comedy, that's a lot of psychological analysis, I guess. But I thought about that, too, because I don't you know, it's it's lightly done in this episode, but it is still annoying. Right. And again, this is something I don't know we'll ever know unless I get the chance to interview and ask the the showrunners about it. And I don't Mm -hmm. know how forthcoming they would be, like, given that the producers knew that she wanted to leave, were they sabotaging her with material that made her unlikable i i doubt it i, don't I, can't, know. I can't believe yeah. they would do that intentionally because that only hurts the show right and like, i don't think the, i think like, there are shows that have done that you know where yeah, it no, I, I believe through it. and you can really yeah. see i mean even without knowing what's going on you know like the details of whatever is going on behind the scenes you can see that there's something that's coming through in the the work you know whereas i don't really I really do think that they above all else wanted to service the work and get the job done. I, so I don't know. I don't, I would doubt that. That's I just my so. best uh, yeah, guess though. Yeah. You know? I, I, I don't believe it, but it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, yeah. it's a thought, a consideration that I had to kind of follow up. On. Right. And there are, she does have good parts later on. I mean, she does have some good parts that are annoying, but she does have some poignant good parts too, I think. So. Right. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, I, I caution this by saying it's, it's, the front half of this scene mm, yeah, yeah. where I, I really find the, their relationship to be not my favorite part of the, the show. Right. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, um, I think in this one, I don't want to take away from like where you're going to take this, but I, this, it's not, I think they had, I guess, to include something about it since the other, it was the secondary characters that were mainly involved in the A plot. And I think that there are parts of it that I'm sure we'll talk about that are funny. The only part that I 
it had jokes in it, but like the hallway scene between them, it's like, I don't really, if I'm rewatching it, which I would, because I think it's so funny, that scene would be fine to skip for me, if that makes sense. Cause it's just more of that same manipulation, I think. Mm. All right. Well, let's get into the main part, which is, um, oh, okay. Yeah. The front, the front story is Norm. Hey, he gets these, uh, great baseball tickets, these box seats or, or a sky boost tickets for a, a Red Sox Yankees game. And, and Sam even opines that, Hey, mm-hmm. I couldn't even get tickets that good. You know, how did you get this? And he talks about, about how he's the, this guy, Jerry, he's become his kind of personal financial advisor. Um, and he's helped to make the fortune through diversification of his investments. And then like the gang's like, well, you know, you got the, the Midas touch and everything. Give us some, give us some ideas and everything. And Norm kept dancing around. He's like, ah, I don't think so. I don't think so. And they're like, oh, for, how about for a beer? And he's like, well, sure. <laughs> and he tells them about the tan and wash tanning salon and coin operated laundromat. Now, I have to ask you, like, okay, this is 1986. I, I don't know. Like, did this seem like a far-fetched scheme to you? Because, and I'll, I'll just put it, like, for me, like, mm-hmm. there was one of these places across from my apartment in college. Like, I, 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 I literally, I, I did my laundry in the early 2000s at a place that had, that was part tanning booths. Oh, okay. And it, it wasn't called that, but, like, yeah. like, <laughs> like when, when he comes up with this, I know, I know, like, we're, we're, like it's a difference of 15 years, but when he's describing this plot, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, that's a, that's a normal business. Like, I don't know, like, if you, if you have the same thought. I don't think it's, I don't think it's outlandish. I don't think it's one of those things that's like so silly that it's unbelievable. I have not seen the like of that before, but I think it's believable, but it's funny enough that they can make jokes about it, you know, but I, I thought it was believable. I wonder if it's like, I mean, presumably it would be a Northern and Midwest thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, like certainly like parts of the country, you you would never have any business for this. Um, It's not going to be in Florida. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, yeah. I can think maybe like in the eighties, like I can see like maybe this, maybe like the, I, I don't know if like the tanning slot, if the technology was like brand new or if it was something. I, I, don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I could and I could see coin operated laundry. Maybe this may be false completely, but I could see coin operated operated laundries being more prevalent or popular in the eighties as well. So it could have been Possibly just that combination, possible. and then like oh, throw in a tanning salon, you know. Mm-hmm. Their first reaction though is like. Oh, this is a stupid idea. And he's like, and I'm telling you, it's going to be the hottest place in town. And Sam has a good line. He's like, I'm glad you're already thinking about arson. <laughs> that was good. That was a great line from Sam. Yeah. Cliffy is like, he like has to make a big show. He's like, I just want everyone to know. I think that's the silliest idea ever. And then he just mm-hmm. sort of walks around Norm's back and he's like, walk out. He's like, walk. He's like, Nami, walk out the door with me. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not leaving yet. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's like, so, so subtle. He's like, let me announce what I, my feelings to the room. And then he's like, Norm, walk me just so we can whisper, like, conspiratorially. <laughs> Norm's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very like. Cliff. Like, that's very in keeping for Cliff. I exactly. Think exactly. Stories. And he's a very, very subtly says that he and Ma want in on the deal, which is great because mm-hmm. now that we have actually in the show met Ma Clavin. Um, yes, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, and the gang hears about this and they, they all want in. They all want their shares. Um, even Diane, she mentions something about it. <laughs> she like, has to make a speech. It's a good speech. Yeah, she has to do this whole thing about capitalistic enterprise. And yes. She's talking yes. about she's like, this doesn't change my feeling about the administration, but I'm not immune to the renaissance of American <laughs> patriotism of the 1980s. <laughs> oh sam actually has a line like, she does yeah he yep. wanted a silent partner right like, that was perfect because it's like yeah. whatever you think of her comments he just kind of cuts it it's true yeah. what he says you know <laughs> shut up yeah it's yeah like, 
<laughs> Carlos like tells it he's like you shouldn't invest in a tennis line you should be using Use one. <laughs> I happen to have what restoration poets call alabaster skin. And it, Which, that is great because that comes back. It's in the yeah. Sam and Diane story, but that's one of my favorite bits when Woody is telling <laughs> Sam about Diane's date. Yeah, that's perfect. When he's, like, when he's, he's yeah, because <laughs> later on when Diane goes on the date like Woody like Sam refuses to ask her what happened so he mm-hmm. sends Woody to ask her and Woody comes back with this whole thing like scripted and he's talking about he took her All hand like yeah he her, took three her, circles on her was her, her alamander which means that Sam actually remembered it <laughs> right that's exactly it love that. he was able to correct her he was listening somehow yeah yeah and then later when she's like she says something to the fact that she doesn't want to freckle before her date oh right like that. Yeah. and sam is like why not if you get bored you can play connect the dots connect. <laughs> yeah so yeah they're they're badgering norm to like let them in on this and he's saying no we shouldn't do you know shouldn't do his friends and everything like that right. it's like how about yesterday you had a letter that you needed mailed and i did it for you so you can return the favor <laughs> right i was like that's your job he's like well it's one professional to another come on let us in like and then carla is the one that's like he's holding out on us like she's the one that kind of starts turning them like she's trying to sidetrack us or whatever it is yeah, she says yeah, you know he- so he agrees to do it. He, they, they buy their shares and everything like that. And we come back to it a little bit later. And now we, we sort of find out from dialogue from some of the tertiary guys, like Paul and Steve and the other guys, they're mm-hmm. talking about how it's like an Indian summer. And it's like one of the nicest days of the year. And Carla says, I went by the tanning wash. Nobody was in there except for an old woman kicking the machine to get her, there, to get her, uh, to get her change back. By the way, you owe me whatever money in my phone yeah. or something. <laughs> That was actually almost my fun, almost my home run, Carla's little bit there. It's a good little story that she builds, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the Woody part. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they, they ask if, Woody, Carla asks Woody, Woody if, if he, he wants, wants to, to invest. Do yeah, and this is another one of those things, just like kind of going with the um, with the teaser, when he, he says... My, you know, my, my uncle or my dad, he said, he, like, when I moved away from Hanover, when I moved to the city, my dad told me something, never trust somebody who won't look you in the eyes, never, can't remember, like, the, the second, the second kind of, one, yeah, yeah there's the second, like, folksy wisdom, and then the third one is never spend venture capital on a limited <laughs> with a limited partnership without an uh, explicit fiduciary like detailed analytical yeah. fiduciary perspectives I, that's one of my favorites yeah, yeah he, <laughs> and he just sp- says it the same way he like just straightforward you know <laughs> yeah just like crimson like you can tell even if he's not sure what that means or maybe he does but he, like, he just yeah but see i i don't know i think that he's sort of savantish in that area or there's something because he's talked before trying to remember the episodes one of them was fools and their money the one where sam doesn't place the bet for him and woody right, ends up right, playing the bet. Yeah. and then the other one i'm thinking of was um someone where sam's going to give him a raise and they're talking about like so much a, month, a week oh yeah, a yeah. Amount of month. and woody was talking stuff. about how the, like, the only thing that they're he goes through all the things that his family's not good at and the only thing they're good at is money right you know so i kind of believe him i think that's maybe, his area yeah. of of savviness maybe that was funny. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, then we get to Norm's 
promotional scheme yes. for the thing. And keep in mind, this is at, at this point, it is still unseasonably hot in Boston for early November or whatever. And he has Sam come in, you know, wearing his white pants, Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. like all tan and everything, like looking at this, like showing him, showing the gang, or the whole crowd of cheers where he went tanning. And, <laughs> and he has um, that little line, he kind of re- almost recites it, like the, what is it he says? The, um, some healthful, federally approved, federally approved UVA, approved UVA right? yeah. And did you notice he almost, he's, it's almost like with federally approved UVA, he's sort of like trying to remember it or pronounce it or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like he's like, oh yeah, looking for Norm. Norm is like kind of coaxing him. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, whew, the bit, Cliff walks in, <laughs> still in like postal, <laughs> postal regulation <laughs> right. outfit, but not the full <laughs> uniform because he's wearing a light shirt, a shirt sleeve, the, the shorts, and then the white socks, socks. pulled up to the, right below the knee. <laughs> with the, like, I noticed with the, um, like the black patent leather shoes or whatever like, yeah, the formal yeah. shoes are too. Norm's like, is that Cliff Haven or is that, is that Don Ho? <laughs> the best part is he show, he's like, did you get that, you know, tan at some faraway island? He's like, no, I got it right here in Beanton. And then he's look by, by the way, look how white I used to be. And pulls the sock the and you see the tan line and the difference between how bronze his upper partial was. Right. And then the I, I like I always like I, I tend to remember good chunks of this episode, but I always forget about this part when we come back from the commercial that Fraser was. Oh, do we do to, Woody though? The Woody part? Oh yeah, Woody we'll comes because they they make the joke like who who would be stupid enough to go there if they didn't have um, if they didn't have a financial stake yes. in the business? And it's Paul and, and, and Steve who are kind of I don't know I find them kind of mean spirited, but they're sitting there kind of yeah. you know goading Norm and whatnot. Yeah, they're they're a little bit rough on rip off joint. But when they mentioned that, like, who would go there without a financial stake in it? Enter Woody, who we know <laughs> didn't buy stake in it. And he looks so dark. He does. That's why I wanted to make sure we didn't. One reason they make to make sure we didn't miss him because he's so tan. He almost looks like he's been painted. Yes. <laughs> he just looks yeah. so unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> like, would, would he smile? Oh, God. Like, the contrast between his, the, his white teeth and his eyes yes. and everything. Yeah. Oh, man. But then, yeah, the one I always forget is Frazier went to. Mm-hmm. Frazier, of course, being Frazier, got stuck under a faulty machine. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, always Frazier. That's another thing with the whole show. I mean, not to like, you know, go too far afield in the future, but we've seen it in the past too. Like Frazier is sort of the one for whom things don't work out. Like he's the butter right. of the joke or he's the one that gets stuck somewhere or whatever. And <laughs> same thing. Yeah, 45 minutes in hell (laughs) under the the Bahama Mama. (laughs) Faulty thermoregulator. The way he says it, too, it's just like that grumbling, the Bahama Mama. (laughs) And he has to almost limp inside because every part of his skin hurts. And Mm -hmm. and if you've ever had a really bad sunburn, that's, yeah, it's awful. He he looks almost blistered, like second degree. (laughs) Um, Which does come back a few minutes later like when yes. he's sitting at the other side of the bar when diana's like fraser you sunburn he's like no i'm doing my impression of a blood blister <laughs> Great. carla oh my god oh my this god. could also be one of my, my the highlights of the episode Carla's yeah. like hey doc what was your impre- what was your reaction the first time you saw diane naked and she slaps him on the back and just like this genuine, like, because I've never heard anyone yelp the way Fraser uh-huh. does. You almost think you actually hurt. Like, oh, just, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and Diane just looks horrified. Yeah. By it. 
<laughs> the screen was great. Yeah. The whole bit was great. The uh, that comment about it. I forget that too. I forget that he comes in because it seems like Woody, like that's the funny part right before the commercial, right? And then you have the whole thing with Frasier is just this sort of surprise that's hilarious. And the, then I forget that Diane asks him like, Frasier, a sunburn? Like just the impression of a blood blister. Yeah. Just, just those um, are like the funny layers to it, I think. Structurally, like just like because we know the episode has to cover a, a gap of time, and like they 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 set that up early enough by like when when Diane says I need the night off or I need to leave early mm, that's two true. weeks from now. Yeah, because we know that certain time has to pass because now it's like a few weeks later, and the gang is like, "Hey, we want our money back. This isn't working. This mm-hmm. like this is just this was this wasn't right for us. We shouldn't have done this. You were right all along. Get us out of this." And he's trying, he's like, I, I knew this. I knew you just, you have to trust me, stick with it. It's going to work out. And finally they, they badger him enough and he's like, fine, fine. I'll, I'll do it. I'll buy you guys out and mm-hmm. be happy. And then the next time we see it's a exterior shot and the snow is coming down. The snow is burying the cars. Mm-hmm. And I think Carla says like every, every flake of snow is another penny in Norm's pocket Norm's or something pocket. like that. Yeah. Yep. When Norm comes back in, he's got, like, he's, he's got the long coat like draped over his shoulders. Like, yes, you know, yeah. and the hat—I can't think of what those kind of hats are called. Like a, it's oh gosh, I don't know, but it's yeah. I know we were going to say like a Cossack hat. Is Cossack, that I was. That's the whole think, outfit. Yeah, that's what the that's, whole thing reminds me of. Yeah, that. I think that, I think that might be what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's something about just—he kind of comes in. He's very stately and regal. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, he is. Yeah, and of course nobody will nobody will like welcome him. Nobody says mm-hmm. hey, you know, and everything. Like he has to kind of set up he his greets own himself. entrance line. Yeah, he greets himself. And does his whole shit. Norm and Norman, like he fills in Diane. <laughs> yeah, he, he does it for Diane too. Yeah. yeah, and then they're all they're all being mean. They're all I I, I kind of don't I don't remember the dialogue towards the end once they're. All I remember is Cliff saying calls him Mister Rock of Flounder. <laughs> <laughs> the others were Carla said something first, and then I remember yeah. calling him Mr. Rocklander. Yeah, and they're yeah they're just they're they're mean, and finally he's he's mm-hmm. like, all right, fine. He's like, you guys, like, he's like, I knew it. Like this was gonna ruin the friendship, and that's that's what's happening. And he's he's ready to leave. Cheers, and he said yeah. on his way out. He's like, I think about all the time I wasted here when I could have been wasting it somewhere, <laughs> somewhere else. else. <laughs> right. Which we know it will be true, especially like later in the year, when, like in later seasons, when we find out when he's not drinking at Cheers, there's a better than even chance he's drinking somewhere else. Right. Maybe, or from Gary's, the, maybe somebody else. Yep. Yeah. Or even in, um, what is it, from Beer to Eternity, we're in the bowling alley and he, alley, and he goes <laughs> yeah. in and they greet him and Cliff's like, he's got a life, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about but, that. So you sort of have the idea that he's, <laughs> Cheers is his place, but he does go elsewhere sometimes. <laughs> yeah. He's known on other places, Ooh. yeah. And then, of course, they welcome. They're like, "Hey, hey, we're be- we're the ones being we're the ones being childish." It's like this is our fault. You were right. We got scared. We we should have listened to you. Let, let we you know don't let our our bad attitudes ruin your good fortune. We're happy for you. They they go through the whole thing. He welcomes mm-hmm. them back, and then that's all he needed to hear from them because he's like, "Hey, guess what? I never actually got you out of that. You're still investors, and here's your first mm-hmm. dividend check." And they're great. They're like, for he's a jug fell there. Somebody has the idea. Is it Woody says something about like yeah, carrying him? Woody's like, let's carry, let's carry Mr. Peterson around on our shoulder. <laughs> and they're like, 
and go no, play in the just, snow. Yeah. Like, let's just go play in the snow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a good bit with everybody out there. Like, I think Carla's like, last one outside is a clay vent. Clay vent, like, yes, that's right. And Cliff is like, you're not going to get me this time. And they all sprint to the door. And Diane whining is like, I'm always oh, the clay vent. I thought that was a great line for her. That, that was, was a good bit. I love her line read on that. I mm-hmm. thought that was... That was a funny thing. I like that from all of them. Yeah. And then also that you know that this has happened several times if she's always <laughs> the play Yes. And that Cliff apparently doesn't take it that personally. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then, of course, the, the phone call or you know, we got earlier and it's on hold and Norm gets in. We only hear his half of the conversation as he's screaming like, no, 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 no. no, no. Like, and like almost like questioning, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> right. And what he's like, was that bad news, Mr. Peterson? <laughs> he's like, it's like, no, no, wrong number. And then he has to shout up up the stairs to the guys because we don't see them because they're off, off the set. And he's like, just suppose the roof from all the snow collapsed the tan wash and we didn't have insurance. <laughs> How would you guys feel about it? And the punctuation with the snowballs right Snowball. in his mm-hmm. chest and face, which is a nice little effect, yeah. And then he's like, just checking. And he kind of <laughs> smiles, roof, like, you're not ruefully, but just yeah. smiles and shakes his head. Just It's a, such a good nature, like, oh, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I thought that was a really nice uh, a capper. That was a good way to end mm-hmm. the episode. That was- and it almost looks like because all you can see is the like their feet. Basically, it looks like they're all just jumping up and down in unison in the snow when they show it through the doorway when they're playing. I thought that that was cute. Singing it was. It was. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we talked about how when Norm comes in, he has to do his own Norm, Norm, Norm. He, he does his whole little entrance. Um, for my little trivia, it's a little known fact. I looked this hmm. up. Uh, this is the first episode where his entrance joke in the, from earlier in the episode is set up by one of the guest actors. Uh, oh, when he comes yeah. in earlier on and he's like, everybody says, Norm, it's actually Paul. Mm-hmm. who says how's the world been treating you and he's like like a baby treats his diaper uh-huh. um, this this is the first time it's not one of the cheers employees who actually sets up that line oh interesting um, okay i noticed it was i didn't think about that being the first time that it was somebody else yeah mm-hmm. yeah um paul of course played by paul wilson who will become a, a sort of semi-regular later as the show goes on um uh, try to think anything else before we get to the superlatives Oh gosh, we've covered all of the, I think the funniest bits. And then when we yeah. get to the superlatives, I'm sure they'll, they'll come back up. Yeah. Um, I thought that the audience, the studio audience seem really amused. They're always good and, you know, about laughing and all of this, but there's just some parts where they just seem like they're just getting carried away <laughs> laughing yeah. at some of the jokes. And so that, yeah. that made it even more fun, I think. Yeah. Overall, I mean, this isn't a... This isn't one of those necessary episodes. It doesn't build a right. lot of character or world building it doesn't do a whole lot to establish it's one of those episodes that could be skipped if you needed to if you were just doing your cheers essentials it's not going to make a list of top 50 episodes mm-hmm. but ultimately it's still one that has like the comedy is genuine the characters feel true there's a lot of laughs there's a lot of surprises um right. some, like nice physical humor with the the tanning and the, the things like that <laughs> and then the snow uh-huh. at the end um it's just yeah it's like a run-of-the-mill sort of enjoyable episode which kind of like shows you that like you know it it didn't have to be firing on all cylinders to be great just a kind of ordinary everyday episode can really 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 funny so yeah and i think too in the when they get to the part i guess it's the part when norm has the promotional campaign from that part 
on like for quite a while. I feel like it just elevates, you know, from it was good at the beginning, but I think there's a part in there that's just like really, really funny. Yeah, so that's probably why I enjoy it so much. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. For Norm's tab, he had mm-hmm. seven beers this episode. Um, it seems like it seems like whenever there's a an episode that covers a long gap of time because there's more scene changes, uh-huh. that's that's when he racks up a lot. Like just because I'm coming, yeah. okay, this this is clearly a different day, or this is many hours later, or something. So every time he's got a he's got a beer, that's a new one. So this reminds me of one thing I was going to ask you, which is yeah. the scene when Norm comes in and he's dressed in the like let's call it the Cossack yeah. outfit, <laughs> right. and he sits down, Sam pours him a beer, he doesn't. I don't think he takes a sip of it and he no, doesn't even decide to leave. Yeah. Okay, so no drinking. I mean, it's been less than a minute and then they get him to come back in and Sam's like, I'll pour you a fresh beer. I counted like, that. But one that too. is a fresh beer. <laughs> I counted that <laughs> I one too. It's, like, I don't, but I just thought that was funny that Sam like pulls back the first beer and puts out another beer that's maybe like 30 seconds newer you know so yeah. okay Actually, so he gets credit for early, two earlier in that episode too when he's like i'll, I'll buy you uh, or, uh he's like i like i i can't tell you like the information they're like how about for a beer he's like okay it's called tanning watch saying he pours mm-hmm. him a beer too and he's got like two full beers right oh. in front of him but yeah <laughs> okay. I, count, I count those two those oh yeah okay yeah. uh so anyway that brings him up to 412 for the series at this point oh. um for the employee of the week even as we've been describing it, I've almost got a three-way tie. But I do too. Who, do, who do you have? <laughs> who, who did you end up going with? I, well, so okay, I, I was in the same situation. I was thinking about that earlier, just earlier today. Like, who am I going to pick for the employee of the week? And I had the three as well, and I really hadn't decided at the beginning of this. So um, I am going to make a decision. I'm going to give it to Norm because okay. I think. Of all of the characters that are secondary characters, so not like a lead actor, I think that he, and possibly, well, possibly Frazier as well, but I think that Norm can carry an episode, let's say, among yeah. the barflies, the people that are bar, I think Norm can carry the episode better than most of the other supporting characters. Not that they're not great, but I think that he somehow has that kind of up energy or can like, whatever it is, there's just something about him that can like, you know, pull the episode through. And so I think he did a great job with that. And I, I mean, I just, I enjoy Norm's, you know, attitudes about life when he does get enthusiastic about something. Um, and it's usually like a business type of thing or, you know, something entrepreneurial or, you know, way later on tasting beer, like that kind of thing. And it falls apart. Like these ventures that he goes for <laughs> fall apart in the end. It's a pattern, but he's just sort of like, you know, you win some and you lose some and he sort of takes life as it comes to him and so forth. So I think this really showed that. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick Norm, but I would like to mention, I'm going to call them honorable mentions because I really, they're almost like my secret favorites and that (laughs) (laughs) those would be Frazier and Woody. Okay. Because I think that their, their lines when we get to that part are just hilarious. I think they had just great surprising moments in the episode. And I think as good as I think Norm was, I think they are the ones that to me really elevated the comedy to a level that I love this episode so much. Yeah, I agree. Like if maybe if Frazier had a little bit more to do, I I would have thought about him too. Um, Mm. You're right about Norm just being able to, he he's sort of an unsung hero in that like yeah like i i when i think of like who carries the episodes obviously there's the sam and diane or sam and rebecca or whoever like the leads mm-hmm. are right and then clearly once we get a little bit down the road the episodes anchored by either fraser or woody 
are really, really strong. And they kind of became breakout. And I think if, if other than Frazier, I think Woody might've been the other character who could have handled his own spinoff if they had done that. And I think that kind of speaks to just the the caliber of actor and the talent that those, those two people had Mm -hmm. Um, with Norm though, there's sort of kind of a, a reluctance like if you need somebody in a pinch to lead this yes, episode i could see that Norm yeah. can do it. it feels like when we get episodes that are centric or episodes that are carla centric there's a even when they're great episodes there it kind of feels a little bit contractual it does like, i agree with you to have we need to have two cliff episodes per season or right two carla or three carla episodes per season with norm it kind of feels almost a little bit natural because i think as you were kind of alluding to it the way you can describe it there's kind of this equilibrium about Norm where kind of he settles right on that stool. And that's kind of like where the world comes to a point. Mm-hmm. Like he might have these gains, but they're temporary. And he might right. have losses, but they're also they're temporary. temporary. It's like he's mm-hmm. a little bit of an even Steven. Like everything eventually kind of settles at Norm's level. The right. way he has very much settled at that stool. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that said, and I love Norm, he was not my employee of the week for this one. And I kept okay. coming back to woody because of his his little monologue thing about the fiduciary oh yes absolutely that's why um, he's one of my two runners up yeah i also thought about carla just for some of her lines just the way she would come in but strangely i kind of felt like i wanted to reward cliff in this episode okay interesting i i I mentioned Hmm. this when i was um maybe uh two episodes ago when i was talking about or when i was talking about episode three of this season mm-hmm. um when we meet cliff's mom i said on the cliff centric episodes he tends to elevate the people around him he makes the like even when, if it's an episode about him a lot of times he he ends up looking either pathetic or childish or immature and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to reward that but so many characters around him seem better he kind they of have, they have better toward them. him yeah 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 there's so an like, acceptance of him that makes them right. seem more right so the example would be like yeah. you know his his mother in in the previous episode and <laughs> last uh last or sam season. in that episode too right, I mean, right they all kind of rally around him yeah and, and yeah. last season when the, the episode when he was going to his uh awards dinner you know oh and he yes. had to go on a date with diane and diane was great and carla and <laughs> the the crazy mailman <laughs> it was like uh, lucas lucas <laughs> yeah, in the, yes. who looked like tommy chong would just like mumbles <laughs> things like that you get know, like everybody was so great in that episode and they kind of outshine Cliff. But this was one where I thought, okay, in an episode when everybody is pretty good, the things I remember most about this episode are Cliff's tan, like walking in. Oh, yeah. With the Cliff or Don Ho, and when he pulls his sock down and the, the, the white stripe of the, the tanning thing. And then the way he approaches Norman, he's like, I think it's a silly idea and I don't want no part of it. Not me, walk out with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's just trying right. to be very subtle about it. Like that. they're in the mob or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was just so silly. So I just thought and then like even with him running out in the into the snow and he's like, You're not gonna get me, I'm not gonna be the Claven this time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just That's felt tough. like this, all this of them was so one good. where yeah, I, I could just I could I could give it to four or five people in this episode, but I just thought mm-hmm. since I rarely give it to Cliff, I'm gonna give it to Cliff this time. Okay. So you're gonna give it to Cliff above Woody. Yeah, just, okay. just barely. And again, these are like one and one A. I could make yeah, the yeah, same yeah. claim for Norm or Fraser or Carla. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I pretty much, ironically, everybody except for Sam and Diane. And that yeah. might be just because <laughs> the, the plot line I didn't care about. But 
that plot line was a little, it, yeah. it was not unique, yeah. you know, I mean, not to bash on it because it had its funny moments, but the, the tan and wash, that part of it, that was the one that had the energy, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and for the home run, I mean, there was, there were a lot of good lines, but um, I, I thought the, the cap or the punch, the snowballs hitting Norm at the end. Um, okay. I, I just thought that was a really a nice visual gag to end it. And then my runner up would be, I, you called it out, Diane's line of, I'm always the clay way she said <laughs> oh. that. I thought that was funny too. That is good. I would say from the Sam and Diane storyline, this is Woody though, the alamander skin. I cannot see that just the way he said it. Cause he's like looking down at his own hands when he's saying like trace circles on her alamander. Like he's trying to play with the word. Is that the right word? Alamander skin. Um, <laughs> just, it's great that I can't stop laughing when I see that. And then Frazier both coming, like the part where he comes in and he says, they get the, um, worst sunburn in his life of his life because of a faulty thermoregulator regulator on Tanny bag number three, the Bahama mama. And the impression of like really that whole thing I'm counting is one that like no yeah. one do my impression yeah, yeah, of the yeah. blood blister, just his being there in that state. Yeah. <laughs> and the scream. Um, oh, yeah. So the, so that for him and then Alamander and then Woody's <laughs> speech about the um limited detailed fiduciary prospectus. <laughs> that's so good it was great i mean there are there there's a lot of rich you know rich rich dialogue in here so it's difficult to pick but those are the ones that i really just laugh every time i see them yeah yeah i mean credit we we've we've heard the names before sherry aiken and bill steinkellner Mm -hmm. uh ends up they end up getting married she changes her name to sherry steinkellner i mean they're a writing duo they work on the show for a while and yeah and And they're they're very funny i mean yeah and and pretty much uh, i mean I, i don't like they weren't they weren't the top tier of cheers writers but they were just below it and it was like sort of mm-hmm. sort of i think like um Rhea perman's sister heidi perlman i kind of put them on the equal level of when you got an episode by one of them you knew it was going to be good like solid um, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i might, think they it, ran the show for a while too didn't they i think so i it's think we may have talked about that they might they might be exact for, like showrunners for some of the later seasons i think you're right yeah i think we talked about that at one point yeah maybe seasons like eight or nine or something they were running mm-hmm. it but and then yeah very um, cool well i would say can i add to this sure. is one of the few years episodes that i would say that the teaser could be the home run woody's dream you know the teaser I mean, could I, possibly I be the home run too. i thought about that too that was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah all right well marlene thank you very much for coming back on the show again i oh, always you're love welcome. talking thank about you. this yeah. so uh and i know <laughs> since you've endeavored to do your own shares podcast i know how much you you like the you like the material so it's good that you can share some of it with me Oh, absolutely. It's great. It's always um, a great conversation. Yeah. Tell the listeners one more time where they can find you if they want to hear your other thoughts on Cheers episodes. Okay. So my podcast is called Norm, a Cheers podcast. And um, it's me and a friend of mine that has never watched Cheers kind of going through it. He for the first time um, and then just kind of discussing our, our thoughts about it. We go a little more sequentially. So it's you know a little bit of a different thing. And then he has interesting, fresh impressions. So that's the, that's it. But it's Norma Cheers podcast. How far are you into the show at this point? We are actually in mid season three. Okay. At this point. Cool. Yep. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, again, Marlene, thanks for being on the show. And thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. 
You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, who sponsor this show. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast to support your favorite show on the network. Thanks to everyone for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Sam, I've decided to break off my relationship with Chad. Who? <laughs> what an actor you are. You know, if you hadn't chosen bartending, you could well have had a career in the theater. Or as a model. <laughs> anyway, you need to continue this charade of nonchalance. I'm ending my affair de coeur because I can sense how it's secretly gnawing away at you. Okay, all right. I'm glad. All I've been able to think about is you and Chad in your apartment, in his car, on the stairs, doing things even we never did. (laughs) I can't eat, I can't sleep. Oh, Sam, really? Gee, maybe I could have been an actor. Oh, (laughs)